Ah, mmm. The first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At Caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to Caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at Caskers.com. It's time for the Newsmax Daily from Newsmax, America's fastest-growing cable news channel. Now, now, here's your host, Rob Carson. And by the grace of God, it is finally Friday. Wow, what a show. What a show we have for you today. Some gigantic news happened yesterday with regard to Jen Psaki admitting the Biden administration literally flags Facebook posts for what it describes as misinformation. This is a gigantic, gigantic slip on her part, and this will help Donald Trump's lawsuit against big tech. America's Surgeon General says if you disagree with anything the government tells you, that is disinformation or misinformation. Gigantic news out of Arizona and Georgia show massive voter fraud and the possibility of reversal of results in those states. An NAACP leader in Virginia says parents who disagree with critical race theory say parents should die. A hilarious jab at Coca-Cola Corporation for its woke corporate policies at a 13-year-old tells off a principal teachers and school board in the most eloquent and fantastic way. All of that is coming up today on the show, brought to you today by Stamps.com. To get your free four-week trial at a scale and never have to go to the post office again, go to Stamps.com, click on the microphone in the upper right-hand corner, and type in Newsmax. Okay, so yesterday... Jen Psaki, and I put this at the front of the uh, of the show because this is incredibly important because I have been taken down from Facebook. I have had my YouTube channels removed. I've been taken off of Twitter. I was part of a network of 29 Facebook pages with 19 million followers on October the 31st, 2018. They were all taken down. The man who was the chief investor in that paid $250,000 for that reach, and it all went away in a heartbeat. And they never said really why, and they never offered his money back. Here is Jen Psaki letting the cat out of the bag about the White House, the Democrats coordinating with Facebook. Uh, with these social media platforms uh, and those uh, engagements typically happen through members of our senior staff but also members of our COVID-19 team. Uh, given as Dr. Murthy Mur- uh, conveyed, uh, this is a big issue of misinformation specifically on the pandemic. In terms of actions... Now, remember last year in March, Anthony Fauci said masks were a joke. Now he's saying that you need them, even for your three-year-old. What's the misinformation, kids? Alex, that uh, we have taken, or we're working to take, I should say, from the federal government. Uh, We've increased uh, disinformation research and tracking uh, within the Surgeon General's office. We're flagging problematic posts for Facebook. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Did you just hear that? Research and tracking uh, within the Surgeon General's office. We're flagging problematic posts for Facebook uh, that spread disinformation. Un- 
be believable. We're working with doctors and medical professionals to connect uh, to connected medical experts with popular with popular who are popular with their audiences with uh, with accurate information and boost trusted content. So we're helping get trusted content out there. We wow. also created the COVID nineteen the COVID Community Corps to get factual information into the hands of local messengers. And we're also investing, uh, as you all have seen, in the presidents, the vice presidents, and Dr. Fauci's time. Unbelievable. Now, Anthony Fauci has been wrong about a lot of things, including masks. Masks are useless. Cloth masks are about as useless to prevent COVID as wearing a cowboy hat to go scuba diving. I've said that before. What she just said there is an admission. Is an admission that Mark Zuckerberg is working with the Democrat Party and the White House to stop misinformation about COVID. What else do you suppose they collaborated with? Because there have been many things that have been uh, called disinformation. If you try to disagree with the 2020 election results, that's disinformation. If you believe that uh, Hunter Biden's laptop is real, that's disinformation. If you believe that uh, it was wrong for Hunter Biden to have been on the board of Burisma or gotten uh, put in charge of a $1.4 billion hedge fund in China, that's disinformation. I could go on and on and on and on and on about what is disinformation according to the government. This is right out of the Cuban North Korean Soviet Union handbook. They literally call anyone disagreeing with the government someone who is spreading misinformation or disinformation, and that has come to our shores. That's come to the United States of America where we have the First Amendment. Do you realize what she just admitted? Do you realize what she just said? I don't think she realizes it. This is gigantic. There's a reason why Mark Zuckerberg has sold $2.5 billion worth of his stock in Facebook since December. Something's going to hit the fan. Something is hitting the fan across the country. What we are seeing here is historic. What we are seeing here is historic. The demand for censorship, this is from Stephen Nelson, and Saki's admission of government involvement follows a series of flip-flops from health officials who contradicted themselves throughout the pandemic issues, such as mask efficacy, as well as censorship of claims that uh, later gained credibility, such as the theory that COVID-19 leaked from a Chinese lab. That was disinformation, saying that the possibility that there could be some prophylaxis drugs that actually help hydroxychloroquine, that was disinformation. Why was it disinformation? Because Donald Trump said it. She added that uh, we've increased disinformation research and tracking within the Surgeon General's office. We are flagging problematic posts for Facebook that spread disinformation. Listen to this creepy Surgeon General. I didn't even know this guy. You know, he wasn't elected, of course. Uh, Vivek Murthy, or Vivek Murthy. Listen to this creepy statist. Today, I issued a Surgeon General's advisory on the dangers of health misinformation. (laughs) If you disagree with us, it's misinformation. If you disagree with them, you can't disagree in a country that has the First Amendment. Are you out of your nut? Surgeon General advisories are reserved for urgent public health threats. Wow. And while those threats have often been related to what we eat, drink, and smoke... Today, we live in a world... You've been wrong about all of that, too, by the way. 
You've been wrong about all that too. Years ago, you said get rid of uh, dairy products, get rid of bacon, and start using uh, partially hydrogenated vegetable oil and use it. Use margarine and and all that. Guess what? That causes heart disease. Bacon doesn't. It doesn't. It's proven. I know this. I know this. They were wrong about everything. Where misinformation poses an imminent and insidious threat to our nation's health. No, you are you are caught. You are the insidious threat. Health misinformation is false, inaccurate, or misleading information about... He just sounds a little soulless, doesn't he? ...health, according to the best evidence of the time. The best evidence of the time, yes, and that's our evidence. And while it often appears innocuous on social media apps, on retail sites, or search (laughs) engines, the truth is... Listen how very much this sounds like the former Soviet Union. ...is that misinformation takes away our freedom to make informed decisions about our health and the health of our loved ones. And disagreeing with you takes away our freedom to disagree. During the COVID-19 pandemic, (laughs) health misinformation has led people to resist wearing masks in high-risk settings. Masks don't work, and I'll get with Rand Paul on this in a second. He was on Newsmax yesterday. It's led them to turn down proven treatments and to choose not to get vaccinated. Well, you you actually have turned down proven treatments, to be quite honest. This has led to avoidable illnesses and death. Simply put, health information has cost us lives. (laughs) Now, health misinformation didn't start. You just said health information just caused a little slip there. With COVID-19. What's (laughs) different now, though, is the speed and scale at which health misinformation is spreading. Modern technology companies have enabled misinformation to poison our information environment with little accountability to their users. Wow. They've allowed people to intentionally spread misinformation, what we call disinformation, to have ex- You're the ones who have been telling them what to say. What are you talking about? You haven't been able to disagree with the federal government on YouTube or on Twitter or on Facebook. And now we know who was pulling the levers. Extraordinary reach. They've designed product features such as like buttons that reward us for sharing emotionally charged content, not accurate content. Wow. And we will decide what is accurate. This is absolutely amazing. Now, uh, uh, Cortez and Pellegrino had a, just a brilliant guy. His, name's, his name is Vivek uh, Ramaswamy, I guess. Sorry, don't know the guy personally. Don't really know how to pronounce his name. But he has put together this uh, book called Woke Incorporated. Listen to him talk about Jen Psaki making the case that the Biden administration is deciding what is information and what is disinformation. We're flagging problematic posts for Facebook uh, that spread disinformation. Did she, in fact, make your case for you? She did. I think when I wrote the article, many people said government coordinating with social media companies, that's a conspiracy. Well, the difference between conspiracy and reality now seems to be as short as four days. But the reality is that the Supreme Court has been crystal clear that if there's one North Star in the relationship between government and private companies, it's this. It is that government cannot delegate its dirty work to private companies. But it has been to do through the back door what the government cannot directly do under the Constitution. I had my YouTube channel taken away because I put a video up by Robert Kennedy Jr. about vaccines and it was actually truthful. They took away my YouTube channel. Do you suppose maybe the Biden administration was saying that was disinformation? The Supreme Court has been crystal clear about that. In another case called Brentwood, which I cite in my op-ed, they say that any of the following can be a basis for state action. Voluntary coordination, willful participation in a joint activity between companies and the government, threats either overt or covert from the government, 
wow. or immunity provided by the government. And here we have not just one of those three prongs, <laughs> but right. all three of them. Yes. And I think if there's any doubt, wow. look at what Clarence Thomas wrote in a recent concurring opinion in a case called Knight just in the last few months, where he sent a smoke signal suggesting that if Section 230 was going to preempt laws like we're seeing in Florida, which prevent viewpoint-based discrimination, courts are now saying that Section 230, a federal law, might preempt that state law. In that case, that might even be a basis for finding Section 230 unconstitutional. Time to blow it up. Which I don't think is a crazy outcome in this case either. So the real question is, can President Trump's team make the right legal arguments in court? That's the big if. And he's just been given some ammunition, a little bit more from uh, this gentleman. Yeah, so look, normally, there's no doubt about it, the First Amendment applies to, to state actors, to the government, not to private companies. But here's the thing. These private companies are not behaving as ordinary private companies no. do. They are doing the bidding of government in disguise. Wow. They're responding to legislative threats from Democratic lawmakers to take down hate speech and misinformation as they, the party in power, define it. They're further protected by Section 230, a form of federal immunity, yeah. to do precisely that. So when you combine both the stick, the threats from the government, as well as the carrot, this immunity from the government, what you find is we actually have here, in the case of big social media companies, state action in disguise. And the basic principle I articulate in the op-ed is that if it's state action in disguise, the Constitution still applies. So if you treat these companies as right. state actors, then Trump actually has a great case to say that the First Amendment applies to these companies when they're just doing the bidding of government instead. And there's now ample evidence of coordination between social media companies and the government, including Jen Psaki in the last day, saying that the White House gives directives and suggestions to Facebook yes. about what kind of misinformation to take down. This is now rampant, and that's why I think this case is so important. This is uh, unbelievable. This is absolutely unbelievable, and by the way, not unexpected. And that Jen Psaki let this out of the bag yesterday is gigantic. Subscribe to my podcast on Apple Podcasts today if you haven't, the Newsmax Daily with Rob Carson, and share this show. Share this show because there's so much in this show in our brief time together, and it's so important. This gives me hope. What's happening in Arizona and Georgia, giving me hope. What's happening in school board meetings around the country, giving me hope. Share the show. Subscribe on Apple Podcasts. And by the way, also... If you would, we've got a brand new sponsor. Our first sponsor is Stamps.com. It's a, it's a product that I've known about for years, and it can help you make your life a little easier. You don't have to go to the post office. I've got a post office a half a mile from my house. I don't like going to the post office. It's a big goose egg in the middle of my work day. Right now, you can, you can get Stamps.com. Okay, You can just sign up. Just click on the little microphone in the, in the upper right-hand corner. Type in Newsmax as the keyword. And you'll be able to print U.S. postage and shipping labels 24-7 without having to leave your desk or buy any fancy office equipment. All you need is your computer and a standard printer. I've got a cheapo computer here. It works beautifully. Once your mail is ready, just schedule a pickup or just drop it off. It's that simple. It's that simple. Plus, you get some incredible deals you won't find anywhere else, like up to 40% off USPS rates and up to 66% off UPS shipping rates. Then they got this switch and save feature. You can quickly compare carriers to find the best rates every time. So you can choose. There you go. Yeah, no, they're not going to be as good. I'm going to go with this guy. There's no risk. With my promo code NEWSMAX, you get a special offer. includes a four-week trial plus free postage and a digital scale. So you don't have to guess. And you don't have to take your, 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 your mail to the post office and have it weighed to make sure, you know, you got to put this amount on this amount. You can do it at home. 
No long-term commitments or contracts. Stamps.com promo. Newsmax. It's right there. The little microphone. Newsmax. Stamps.com. Never go to the post office again. So yesterday, Jen Psaki in the morning said that the president really had nothing to say about communist Cuba. She originally said that uh, it was mismanagement of communism by the the Castro regime, which is an argument that has been long used by leftists who say that the only reason communism hasn't worked is it hasn't been tried right. Well, they did it for a century and it, it resulted in 100 million people being slaughtered. Here she is yesterday saying the president really doesn't have anything at this time. We hear from the president this week, he said the other day that he would speak out on that. And, and secondly, is, it, is his position still that uh, he feels that the Trump policies were a failure and didn't affect change? Is that still his policy? Well, again, I would say, uh, one, in terms of whether he healed from him, he says that often, as you know. And what he means is he speaks out publicly nearly every day at events. Sometimes you all ask questions if there's an update to provide on. And he's usually hustled off by his handlers and they, they, don't, uh, they don't allow him to speak. What we're doing on what our policies are, certainly he'll provide that. Is there a planned speech or trip? Not at this time. There's no, you know, and, and apparently it's kind of weird because I think maybe the polling uh, against communism is is uh, really, really against the Democrat position with regard to communism because uh, later in the afternoon, Joe Biden said this. Communism is a fail system, <laughs> universally fail system. Whenever it whenever it it affects their polling, they suddenly speak. This is fantastic. And uh, I don't see socialism as a very useful substitute. But that's enough. wow. That's uh, that's pretty strong on the whole socialism thing when you're moving the country in that direction. Another story. That's another story because you are for that. Um, with regard to... Uh, Although I would say that labeling information from the government that you disagree with as disinformation, I would say that's communistic. Uh, whether the circumstance in which we would send military troops to um, Haiti. We, uh, we're only sending American Marines to our embassy. Okay, yeah, whatever. There is a cry for freedom in Cuba that is falling on deaf ears with the Biden administration. This is a historical moment, and we could turn it around. Wouldn't it be glorious if millions of people were freed and allowed to live to their full potential and that political prisons would be broken open and people would be freed? Wouldn't it be nice? Well, this Cuban says that uh, the Biden administration didn't do anything. We need uh, Biden support. Yeah, we have we have not the support from the president. So... We are trying to fight, to, you know, to finish with the communism. Libertad means uh, freedom, by the way, or liberty. It doesn't mean we need the vaccine. Biden, you should listen to the people here, the elected officials that are Cubans and know what's best for the people in Cuba. So just hear us out and let's try to look, come together to see what we can do. We are facing the uh, tremendous genocide in Cuba. Yep. Uh, I think that Joe Biden should help us. That's what we're here for. Asking for the White House to pronounce uh, in favor of the people. Yeah, well, we're not getting that, are we? We just got a tepid response. Jen Psaki said he wasn't going to say anything later in the day. The polling probably hit, and he decided to actually say something. But he didn't even mention the, <laughs> the country Cuba. Here is a uh, woman, and she is a Cuban in exile. Her name is uh, Anayin, Anaylin, I should say, Blanco. Says two of her friends were grabbed off the street in the city of Matatsas. I see I don't speak Spanish. Sunday and have effectively disappeared. Disappeared. Here she is. On June 11th, as I was at work, I was sitting at my desk and I began to scroll through social media as I normally do every day at work during my downtime. 
And as I was scrolling, I saw people in the streets and I saw posts on Instagram of people finally fighting for what they so long kept within them. Felt like they had a hunger within them, not just from starvation, but a hunger for freedom, a hunger to, you know, to have better things in Cuba, have better medication, be able to send their kids to good schools, be able to say, my kid's going to be a doctor who's going to be paid well, my kid's going to be a lawyer who's going to make a change. Right now in Cuba, every citizen gets five pounds of rice and a pound of beans every week. And like posts that many people have probably... What'd you have for dinner last night? The hunger ended and now people... I had grilled chicken, actually a Caesar salad, which would be a gift from God in Cuba. ...are eating everything around them, and that includes their fear. People are going to go out there and people are going to fight for what they deserve and what they deserve is liberty. 100%. Couldn't agree with you more. Could not agree with you more. We have a, a moment to do the right thing. We did not do the right thing with Barack Obama in office when it came to the Green Revolution in Iran and people were crushed effectively. We have a chance to do the right thing. Do I think the Biden administration will? Of course not. <laughs> of course not. Unless it affects their poll numbers. Yeah, yeah. So yesterday, in a stunning race decided by 10,457 votes in Arizona, 3,981 people uh, voted uh, voted despite registered after the uh, October 15th deadline. 11,326 votes voted who were not on rolls November 7th, but were on December 4th. Those votes just suddenly appeared. 18,000 of them voted, and then they were removed from the rolls after the election. So there's 18,000 votes just disappeared. 74,243 mail-in ballots with no evidence of ever being sent, which means they were printed off and they were never sent. They were just there. Here is Grant Stinchfield talking about what's going on in Arizona and how big this is. Well, folks, the Arizona State Senate holding a hearing today on the 2020 election audit in Maricopa County. What they found is incomprehensible. The fact that the disaster of 2020 could actually be worse than we thought. They're finding that- This isn't misinformation, kids. It's actually real. Records are missing for tens of thousands of mail-in ballots. We have 11,326 people that did not show up on a November 7th version of of the voter rolls that should have been after votes were cast, uh, but then appeared on December 4th voter rolls. Just be clear, they show as voted in this past election, but they were not a November 7th version of the file, and they they did show up on the December 4th. Is there a logical explanation why that would be? I'm going to say voter fraud myself, but... I cannot think of a logical explanation on what that would be. Yes, because it is illogical in stealing elections, I would believe, uh, if you're a freedom-loving American, is illogical. Here's a little bit more from Mr. Stinchfield on Newsmax. Nothing's logical about what happened there. There's problems, though. Can you believe it? If that's the case, what he's just talking about, those votes should all be tossed. The irregularities they're finding are absolutely puzzling that they're suggesting now that we should be going and knocking on voters' doors to validate their data just to make sense of all of it. And they also found some other oddities, too, related to voter rolls. We have roughly 20,000, I think it was about actually closer to 18,000, who voted in the election and then showed from as being removed from the voter rolls soon after the election. So they were on the voter rolls. I'll bet those were Trump voters. Rolls. They showed as voted, and then they were removed. And there could be a good logical explanation for that. No. Um, but it was just, it seems like a large, large number to immediately have after an election be removed. I mean, God, this is what I've been saying the whole time. There could be an explanation, 
but maybe there's not unless it's fraud and yet nobody wants to investigate it's no wonder though hearing information like this why the democrats are so scared of these audits do you suppose that the biden administration and the democrat party have been working with big social media since before the election i think so because uh the Biden, uh, Hunter Biden laptop story was completely shut down on Twitter. They made an editorial judgment about a story that hadn't even been investigated by the mainstream media. It's being proven true, by the way. It, it's, it's his laptop and the stuff in it is, is breathtaking. In Fulton County, Georgia, these uh, tally sheets after all the voting was done, there are these little yellow tally sheets that just kind of showed up by the dozens, and they all put uh, 100%, generally, 100% of the vote going to Joe Biden with none for Trump. I've actually seen this. It's real. It's not disinformation. Uh, the team found at least 36 batches of mail-in ballots with 4,255 total mail-in ballots were redundantly added to the audit results, huh. including extra vote totals of 3,390 for Biden, 865 for Donald Trump. Yeah, Biden only won by a few thousand votes. When you do the math, Joe Biden's margin of victory now shrinks to just over 2,500 votes. These may be errors, they may not be, as the gentleman just said. But Voter Georgia points to what it calls seven falsified audit tally sheets. Take a look at them here. The tally sheets show every single vote going to joe biden 850 of them in all but a review of the actual ballots which remember they had the scanned images voter georgia insists 554 went to biden and 140 went to trump but that's not what the audit sheets say that's a near 300 votes. I've seen some of the audit sheets where 300 votes for Biden and zero for Trump and 200 votes for Biden and zero for Trump. Swing in Joe Biden's favor. This is probably going on throughout the whole state yep. of Georgia. Yep. The problems are too many to list here. It goes on and on and on. Fulton County refused to include tally sheets for 100,000 ballots that were used <laughs> in the recount. No tally sheets. Maybe this is why, right? Wow, unbelievable, unbelievable. Oh, and by the way, this is indisputable. In the state of Michigan, where vote counting stopped at midnight, and it did in several other battleground states at the same time, at the same time, in Fulton County, Georgia, they said it was because of a water main break that didn't happen. And cases of ballots came out from under a table and were ran multiple times through scanners after the press was told to get out. But in Michigan, at 6.31 a.m. the next morning, when they started the recount again, suddenly 149,772 votes arrived for Joe Biden. 96% of the vote, Joe Biden, and only 4% for Donald Trump. That's Venezuela, kids. That, my friends, is Venezuela. Here is Grant Stinchfield talking to Jenna Ellis about Arizona. So, for example, we have 74,243 mail-in ballots um, where there is no clear record of them being sent. We don't have a clear indication that they were ever sent out to them. But I think when we've got 74,000, it's, you know, it merits, you know, knocking on a door and validating some of this information. In Fulton County, they have video stacks of mail-in ballots that had never been mailed. They weren't creased at all. They were flat like they just came off a copier. And they show the exact same ballot printed multiple times by the markings and the handwriting. Jenna, in, in about 30 seconds, if you can, a quick answer. How do you respond to that? This is, my stomach is churning hearing this stuff. 
It's disgusting. And consider, Grant, this is only two counties in two states, Maricopa and Fulton County. And already we have this many ballots that show significant irregularities. Imagine what would have happened if Bill Barr during the 2020 election had actually taken the time to sit down with a single witness, look at a single document from the Trump legal team. This is exactly what we've been saying since November 3rd. So again, the truth is going to continue to come out and we need to be there for it and stand up for the truth for election integrity. And you know why nobody's heard about it is because big social media and the Biden administration have been labeling it misinformation. Wow, just wow. Here is Arizona Senator Karen Fan yesterday during the uh, the audit hearings. Is to actually go to that person, and I've always used the example because I do know of a case where one house got 25 um, uh, ballots in the mail, and only two people live there. And so we- this happened all over the place: uh, empty apartments, sending dozens, maybe even hundreds of ballots. Just look at Minneapolis. We had talked about how do we verify that, and there was a question about it's a lie too big to cover up, guys. Canvassing Department of Justice sent us a letter about four or six weeks ago and said. Um, uh, we're concerned about you actually knocking on doors that you might, uh, you know, you might uh, might be voter intimidation or several. Meanwhile, we'll send somebody to give you a vaccine rights violation or something, which I find is interesting. After the White House last week said we're going to knock on doors to see whether you're vaccinated or not. But <laughs> that's a side point. Just, just yes. a little side yes. point. But. Um, but so, so we told the Department of Justice that we would postpone that indefinitely until your audit was at a point where we could even determine whether that was going to be necessary or not. So can you talk to us about that and is it going to be necessary, is it not? Go into that part for me, please. Yeah, based on the data we're seeing, I highly recommend we do the canvassing because oh. it's the one way to, to know for sure um, whether some of the data we're seeing, if there's, if it's real problems. Yeah, I know there are two people in your house, and you guys sent in 22 mail-in ballots. We'd like to meet the other 20 people. Or, or whether it's clerical errors of some sort. Um, so, for example, we have 74,243 mail-in ballots um, where there is no clear record of them being sent. By the way, there's also been uh, 60% plus error rate on ballots in counties in Arizona and in Georgia, which means that uh, the poll worker who's there, maybe after the uh, uh, the media was sent home and the voting was stopped, the poll worker was there, decided to adjudicate them, themselves and decide who the person voted for on that 60% error. Unbelievable. Here is a mathematician and uh, analyst Jovan Pulitzer about Arizona and how yesterday was just the tip of the iceberg. Okay, guys, so I know you're wanting uh, more exact information. Here's what I would basically say for you. Um, in something this big, when there's well over 2 million ballots and you have you know, 1,500 people working on them, think of that as just a a big spread, like a big feast that everything's having to be dived into. What you saw today, of course, will make you drop your jaw. All I can say right now is don't under don't think today was it because you only got served the aperitif, which is the smallest of all the appetizers. Mm-hmm. There's more to come. Very good. I'll uh, I will uh, let's have a let's have one of those uh, those uh, big plates of the sorted appetizers of voter fraud. I want one of those like the chicken wings of voter fraud over here and the uh, the potato boats of the and there the, the deep fried jalapeno poppers of voter fraud. Those are going to be coming out of Georgia. <laughs> 
waffle fries of of, uh, of voter fraud. They'll be coming out of Michigan here real soon. Uh, what else? <laughs> Pennsylvania, Doug Mastriano, the senator there, they're starting an audit. They're being fought, and, and the Democrats are just crying foul on all of this. I wonder why. Uh, no, I don't, actually. Oh, yes, here's a little story on uh, on door-to-door vaccine, uh, kind of an innocuous little story about people coming up to your door and, and asking you about personal medical questions and then trying to get you to take a shot. Right now, though, talking about the COVID vaccine could be coming right to your doorstep. Starting today, the Mecklenburg County Health Department launched a new Doses to Doors program. Health Department oh, That is just so cute. It's called Doors, Doses to Doors. Workers giving out shots right there at your front door. This is part of an <laughs> shots at the front door. urgent push to make getting. I vac- hope they don't decide to do this about colonoscopies. Vaccinated easy. And we can tell you this. New- Have you had your colonoscopy? Are you over 50? Drop them. The program started this morning in West Charlotte. We knew a few people who took advantage of it. Yeah. WCNC Charlotte's Chloe Leshner explains how this first day went. Tell it to me, Chloe. There are many different reasons why half of the population in Mecklenburg County still hasn't been vaccinated. I haven't been vaccinated yet because I didn't have the, uh, the convenience to get around to get to getting there. All it took for this West Charlotte man to roll up his sleeve was the health department and medical director, Dr. Meg Sullivan, bringing it directly. Ding dong! Needle sticking coming. Late to his door. It's a little bit more flexibility for me now. I don't have to worry about... Uh, Did you go to the grocery store? Have you gone to the grocery store? Have you, uh, have you walked your mailbox. Two weeks uh, worrying about, you know, who got the disease or who I may be around to have it. But so many others are hesitant or don't trust it. It's why volunteers with Action NC are going door to door to give the facts on the shots. I'm going to say get off my lawn and get off my porch. It's none of your beeswax. Here's Rand Ball yesterday on uh, Newsmax on uh, National Report talking about getting rid of stupid masks on airplanes. You know, it will ultimately be assigned to a committee and the Democrats are in charge. He's a doctor. So far, we've had at least one vote in the Senate. I mean, a real doctor. He's a he's an eye doctor. Came down on party lines. The Republicans voted to repeal the mandate. All the Democrats voted to keep it. I think that there's an authoritarian impulse in the Democrat Party that thinks they know. No, we're no, come on. That's got to be disinformation. Better. Uh, sort of this elitism that people aren't smart enough to make their own decisions, that the government needs to make the decision for you as far as your medical care. But really, if you look at the evidence, the evidence is pretty strong that uh, airplanes are pretty safe. We didn't have a mask mandate during the first surge, and people continued to fly. And there really were not uh, significant accounts of super spreader events on planes. If you look at the filtration system on the planes, they're 15 times better than your house and about five times better than your average hospital. And so the thing is, is when you look where uh, COVID was spreading during the, the subsequent waves of COVID, uh, the most common place was in the house. And there was not a lot you can do as far as mandating people's behavior in their house. So I think it's time. That's to- why they're sending people door to door. Let freedom reign again. <laughs> I think it is important Whoa. that when we look at this, that the science doesn't show that the masks have done a great deal. In fact, some of the masks, like the cloth masks, don't work at all because the virus is smaller than the particles in your mask. And so really it's a false sense of sort of security, telling people to wear something that doesn't work. And this is one of the lies that continues to be promulgated by Dr. Fauci. Mm -hmm. There you go. Oh yeah, and by the way, High school students who studied remotely during the pandemic suffered more depression, struggled to learn, and felt more isolated than those who attended school in person. Is that misinformation? 
I have a 16-year-old daughter who struggled with it. For six months, she had no classes at all. For six months, she had classes in her room on her computer. And then she was forced to wear a stupid mask. Unbelievable. Misinformation. Oh, did you know that uh, suicides were up dramatically? In some cases, 50% in cities like Vegas with teenagers, kids as young as nine years old, self-harming and cutting, all that. Is that disinformation? Maybe. Jim Jordan wrote a piece recently, emails that show Dr. Fauci knew key facts about the origins of COVID-19 in January 2020. When the country was first learning about the virus, Dr. Fauci chose not to share the facts with Americans. Instead, he decided to conceal them. On January 31st, 2020, at 10.32 p.m., Dr. Fauci received an email from British researcher Dr. Christian Anderson. Dr. Anderson has received millions of dollars in grants from the NIH. In the email, he warned Fauci. One has to look closely at the sequences to see that some of the features look engineered Eddie Holmes, Bob Gary, Mike Ferguson, and myself all find the genome inconsistent with evolutionary theory. Two hours later at 12.29 a.m. on February the 1st, Dr. Fauci emailed longtime deputy Dr. Hugh Auchincloss in the email Dr. Fauci attached a paper written by Dr. Ralph Barrick and the Batwoman from the Wuhan Institute of Virology. The paper highlighted taxpayer-funded game-of-function research on coronaviruses studied by the lab it is essential that we speak tomorrow morning. Keep your cell phone on. Read this paper. You will have tasks that must be done. Two hours later, Dr. Fauci sent another email to Dr. Robert Cadlick. Dr. Cadlick was a Trump-appointed Assistant Secretary of Preparedness and Response at the Department of Health and Human Services. Attached to this email was an article that downplayed the lab leak and advocated for the, uh, an evolutionary origin to covid yeah. Dr. Fauci wrote, Bob, this came out today. Give it a balanced view. No urgency, no intensity. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, man. Oh, man. So why was Dr. Fauci so concerned when emailing his deputy, but so calm when emailing his boss? The paper was that, that supported the original message from Dr. Anderson that COVID-19 look engineered was inconsistent with evolutionary theory and linked American tax dollars to gain of function research at the Wuhan Institute, which has been proven. Unbelievable. Later that morning at 11.47, and I don't want to make this too convoluted, Dr. Auchincloss replied to Fauci, the paper you sent me says the experiments were formed before the gain-of-function pause, but have since been reviewed and approved by the NIH. Not sure that this means since, what this means since. Uh, we are sure that no virus work has gone through P3 framework. We will try to determine if we have any distant ties to the work abroad. Dr. Auchincloss' email confirms Dr. Fauci's worst fear, American tax dollars, funded gain-of-function research at the Wuhan Institute, and the research didn't go through proper paperwork. That's the P3 framework. Dr. Fauci knew that there was a lethal virus on the loose in Wuhan, China. In just 13 hours between 10.32 on January 31st and 11.47, Dr. Fauci learned three additional facts. That American taxpayer had helped fund dangerous gain-of-function research there. He knew this research funding did not go the government's required safety review process. Third, Dr. Fauci knew that the virus looked engineered and seemed to be inconsistent with evolutionary theory. Meaning this is a gigantic, gigantic cover-up. Have you noticed he's only doing, uh, he's doing only do appearance on uh, friendly media these days. It's kind of weird, right? Kind of weird, right? 
I've got to run through a bunch of stuff here before I go. There's some things that I just feel that we need to get to before I go. And I'm going to actually have to miss a couple things because it is time constraints. But it's cool because it's going to be worth it. Trust me on this, okay? It's going to be worth it. What I'd ask you to do is uh, share, oh, subscribe to the, uh, the Newsmax Daily Podcast on Apple Podcasts and share with others. Will you do that? Will you do that? So in Fairfax County, where Azra Numani, uh, a parent who I've had on the show several times who's preaching against CRT, yesterday, Michelle Leet, a leader of the NAACP, Fairfax chapter had some choice words for those who dare to oppose critical race theory, including let them die. Listen to this. So let me and remain steadfast, steadfast, in speaking truth, tearing down double standards, and refuting double talk. Let's not allow any double downing on lies. Let's prepare our children for a world they deserve. Let's deny this off-key band of people. She basically said... People who oppose anti-CRT are anti-education. They are anti-opportunity, anti-help people, anti-diversity, anti-platform, anti-science, anti-change agent, anti-social change, anti-healthcare, anti-worker, anti-LGBT. And then she said the the money shot. Don't let these uncomfortable people anti emissions policy change, anti-inclusion, anti-live and let live people. Let them die. She said, let them die. Let's hear it again. This is what we're up against, kids. This is what we are up against. I'm going to play two more things before I go. One is a 13-year-old kid who went viral yesterday who is leaving his school because of the nonsense that's being taught, and he gave them what for. I'm going to play this in its entirety without interrupting. Listen to this brilliant kid and share this podcast. Um, Despite the board's attempt to deny it, District 196 schools are quickly becoming a place where promoting activism is actually more important than promoting education. I'll I'll take you back to my first day at RHS this fall. The principal came out and gave us a heartfelt speech about equality and standing together. Um, He began to list countless races, such as Latino, Asian, expressing how much they matter and how important they are. But never once did he mention a race or identity that reflects me or half the kids that were in the class. Now, members of the board, I know you haven't been to school in a while, and I know most of the peop- I know none of you, or most of you, don't have any kids left in the school district, um, but you must admit how uncomfortable it will be to be characterized just by your skin color on the first day of school, and be thought that you were wrong just because of your skin color. So I'll never forget the look one of my friends gave me from across the room as we were sitting there listening to this blatant bias being expressed in the so-called equity statement by the leader of our school. To be clear, I don't need you to tell me that I matter, but hearing the condolences given to other races and leaving just one race out, it inevitably you'll start to feel like you've done something wrong. And in our principal's attempt to unify us, he instead created unwarranted boundaries and barriers between his students, pitting us against each other based on characteristics that we can't control. In another separate instance, I was told that writing all lives matter on the whiteboard was political and could be seen as offensive. When I questioned the teacher after class, she told me that she didn't have an answer and she just had to erase it, and it was quickly erased. There are political signs all over RHS about specific races that matter, specific sexual orientations that matter, and specific perspectives that matter. But when I questioned the RHS administration about how these signs were political, they told me that they were supporting human rights. So when I questioned why the equity statement couldn't represent all students, they told me that to even ask that question was outlandish and offensive. And they, when I asked why that was, they told me, quote, whites have a pretty good situation right now, unquote. So is that not racism? 
disregarding my question merely because of the color of my skin. To be honest, after enduring a year of the people in charge telling me that I'm a racist and I'm privileged and pointing out our irreversible differences, I've never noticed race more. And it's becoming the first thing I notice when I meet someone, which has never before been the case. RHS administration confidently told me that RHS students and staff are happy with their equity statement. But from the, my experience in talking with other students, this is not the case. I know many kids who disagree with their teachers, but they're too scared to stand up because they're worried that their grades will be docked and their learning experience will be affected. My honors government teacher, I'm not going to say his name, but he's mentioned that Democrats care more about all people while Republicans only care about themselves. And he's also inferred to us that socialism is better than democracy. He even had a statue. He had a statue of a socialist leader in his classroom. Um, I have been, I've been told by a lot of kids that they just stay silent and adjust their schoolwork to reflect an acceptable opinion to secure a good grade. I've been approached by multiple teachers who have told me in private that they just want to say that they agree with me and they support me standing up, but they can't say it in front of the class for fear of being disciplined by the administration in some way or losing their jobs. There is clearly only one way to think in this district, and that is that they are teaching their kids to shut up if they don't agree. Now, members of the board, I want you to take a good look at yourselves in the mirror tonight and ask, are you really standing up for the equality of all people, or are you just pushing a damaging political ideology um, on, on our students? A fellow coworker at my job, who, by the way, is of color, discreetly told me that the school seemed to be pushing a very leftist agenda in class. This proved that not everyone is happy with your school, and not everyone who isn't happy is white. Now, due to all these instances I've mentioned and many more that I can't fit in this five-minute speech, I've decided to leave this district and continue school on a private Christian school online. Yes! And, and there will be sacrifices, and I will not get to walk in the graduation ceremony or attend milestones at RHS, but I will be able to learn in an environment that is not intent on punishing me daily for my skin color and political views. Now, regardless of how you take my speech, whether you just shrug it off as malarkey or Fox News talking points, I encourage you to think about it, because someday I'm going to be a leader. I may be the president, a governor, or just a professional golfer, but I will never stop believing that everybody has value, no matter their skin color or personal beliefs, and it's a shame that you're not going to be able to say that I was an alumni of RHS in District 196. Thank you. <laughs> that kid is fantastic. Thanks to the Daily Caller for that. One more thing before I go. Uh, there is a group called Consumers Research and Educational Nonprofit dedicated to consumer information, not disinformation. And remember Coca-Cola, they, they sent all of their employees to uh, woke classes saying that white people are terrible and all that stuff. Well, they decided to put together a parody, a parody of an old Coca-Cola commercial, which was, I'd like to teach the world to sing. Remember that if you were, you know, maybe you're a Gen Xer. But anyway, it talks about um, Coca-Cola's attachment to the country of China and also obesity caused by uh, many Coke products. I don't believe that Coca-Cola is exclusively uh, responsible for obesity, but uh, I get the humor. Check it out. We taught the world to sing in perfect harmony. Just drink Coke, the road to obesity. We say we're woke, we sell drinks, badass smoke. China is our labor supplier that drives our stock price even higher. What the world knows today, obesity won't go away. Won't Yeah.
genius. Oh, my goodness. That is absolute genius. I spent many years writing political satire for Rush Limbaugh and others around the country. That is genius. That is humor making a point. That's what I try to do here. Thanks for listening to the show today. If you get the chance to, please subscribe to Apple Podcasts, the Newsmax Daily with Rob Carson. Leave a five-star review if you wouldn't mind. Also, if you get a chance to, go to Stamps.com today. Click on the microphone. Type in Newsmax for the four-week trial. Free scale, and you can save on postage with UPS and USPS, and you don't have to go to the post office. Okay? Have a glorious day, guys. God bless you. Uh, a glorious weekend, I might add. God bless you. God bless the military. God bless our police. Remember Ashley Babbitt. And above all, until Monday, don't catch the stupid. Thanks for listening to the Newsmax Daily with Rob Carson. Check your cable guide or NewsmaxTV.com. Or watch free on YouTube, Roku, Apple, Pluto, Zumo, Amazon Fire, and your smart TV. Newsmax, America's fastest growing cable news channel. Check NewsmaxTV.com for details. Mmm, the first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At Caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to Caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at Caskers.com.